This week on Erotic Awakening, Questions and Answers, Part Part 3. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. I figured we'd switch it up this time. <laughs> it felt a little odd. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You'll notice that I'll cut out the big silence we had there at the beginning there. As you looked at me. <laughs> yes. So uh, on today's podcast, we're going to do questions and answers show number three. Mm-hmm. Seems we- to go along really, or go over really well. When we first did that first question and answer show, I really thought it was going to be pretty weak. I really <laughs> didn't think it was going to be work out too well. Mm-hmm. But it is one of the most more requested shows that we get. I'm surprised. I am as well. So we'll do that in just a moment. Excellent. And we got plenty of other podcast shows coming up. Here's just a list of stuff from listener feedback Mm -hmm. that we've gotten so far. Uh, Somebody wants to have a show about sadism Mm -hmm. and have a masochist show. And you know a a local masochist. I do. I do. Someone popped right into my head about who to interview for the the masochist show. Mm -hmm. And we had somebody who popped in our head for pony play as well. Mm -hmm. And... Aftercare. We've actually mentioned before that we were going to do an aftercare show and didn't follow through with it. So we need to find someone to talk about that. Yep. So we've had a request for it again. One of our listeners gave us a poke on that one, mm-hmm. as well as a, a wax play. And I'm afraid wax play is going to be a little bit like fire play, going to be a hard one to work out how to do on a podcast. As a matter of fact, they specifically want to do wax play with someone with a hairy chest. Mm-hmm. So, and someone that knew what they were talking about because they're getting a lot of conflicting answers. When they ask what kind of wax to use, what kind of temperature, and all that type of stuff. So, they would really like somebody that's got experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have that. Oh, oh. And then, uh, I thought this was a really good topic. Mm-hmm. And handling uh, DS rejections and handling betrayal in a DS relationship. Oh, you know, I'm hoping we can find somebody to talk about that. So, we need to get someone that... Um, isn't too wounded at the moment and can just talk about it. But that is a really big one because it's certainly a DS and an MS relationship is a lot about trust and a lot about giving yourself completely to someone. So when, when there's a betrayal in a DS relationship, it strikes pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we're going to do a, you know, a, a podcast about going from submissive to slave. Can you go from submissive to slave too quickly? Okay. So these are just all ideas that have come as a result of listeners giving just, us some feedback. Yeah, just in the last like week or so, we asked for some feedback, and this has all come in since then, so that'll keep us busy. Yep. Oh, and we have someone, we have a contact that is going to talk about swinging. As we mentioned in last week, because you did your <laughs> field, field research. research. Yeah. So. I, I guess we can't speak too much about that. We have a... Uh, studio that always has a bed. In this case, <laughs> now in this case, we have the the food, the sex futon. Yes, <laughs> in our romp room. <laughs> you know, is that what this is? Yeah. A little romp room, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, last week we we talked about we have a presentation called Talk Naughty, 
and we asked for some feedback on ideas for the, a name for that presentation. Mm-hmm. We did. Someone wrote back and had an idea, didn't they? They did. So, and they came up with what is it? Oral erotic. Yes. But it's like the hearing oral, the A U R A L. I was. That's why I <laughs> led you to say that oh. word because I don't know that I could pronounce it. So I don't know if that one's going to work for us. We might just keep it as talking naughty. Might. It's very upfront and very descriptive of what it's about. <laughs> very clear what it is that we're doing. And if you think about it, being the fact that we are, among other things, podcasters, having a talk naughty class, mm-hmm. it, it probably makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then last week, we had somebody go to Frolicon. Now, Frolicon is a different kind of event than you and I are used to. Far mm-hmm. more geeky and far more people than most of the events that we're familiar with. Right, right. And I'm hoping that by some point during this podcast, we're going to have a field reporter dial in and tell us about Frolicon. That would be awesome. First-hand eyes view. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should see my hands wiggling. Yes. <laughs> I view. Another reason why we would have a video podcast would be useful. would be that, that wiggly thing you do with your hands. No, there. I don't want people to see it. You know, we've been getting a lot of feedback lately, not only on topics that people would like to see, but um, we've had a lot of people say that they view us very positively and that we're helpful, and even the occasional people that view us as friends. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, wonderful thing that is. It is. It's it's awesome. So I just got a um, message this morning about that, that... They had been with us since the beginning and felt like they had become friends with us. We we just love that. Mm-hmm. And for us, this whole podcasting thing, you know, I go on my occasional rant about um, not turning it too commercial and not... So, see, the problem is <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of sex podcasts recently. Right. Just get an idea what else is out there, what people are listening to. Right. And I don't want to pick on anybody or say they're doing it right or doing it wrong. Because I don't know that we're doing it right or we're doing it wrong. We're doing it in such a way that's right for us. Right. I will pick on podcasts that are dead. Okay. That are, you know, I was listening to one. It's two years old and hasn't been had, a, I mean, hasn't had a, a new episode in two years. Okay. The first... Three minutes are, go buy my shit. And the, then oh. ten minutes later, it's a more, oh, I have the best toys. Here's a review on a toy that I'm selling on my website. And then ten minutes later, it's like, wow, my toys are wonderful. You should go buy them. Oh, I don't know that I could listen to that for too long. I think it's great that people are making a living as sex educators. Mm-hmm. We're very fortunate that this is a calling for us, and we don't have to. And we don't try to make a living out of it. And we don't right. have to make a living out of it. And maybe one day that's going to change. I'm always afraid to say too much about this kind of stuff because a year from now I might want to quit my corporate job and I might want to be a traveling dildo salesman. <laughs> a glass dildo salesman. You are Ooh. partial to those glass dildos. <laughs> I am. <laughs> the point to all this being that when you guys write us and you tell us that you're getting some benefit out of that, that really helps us to rem- remember to keep going and mm-hmm. to keep giving and to keep being there right. for each other. And, you know, maybe for people out there as well. This is a calling for us. Absolutely. Wow, this is really getting soapy here. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Over the 
deep edge. But that reminds me of something else, though. Uh-oh. That little giggle of yours. People are always yeah. complimenting. I love Dawn's laugh. Oh, I love Dawn's Aww. laugh. I love Dawn's laugh. I'm always afraid I'm laughing too much, but I really love doing this, and I love the topics, and it's all good. I'm going to put your laugh on a loop, and if we, <laughs> we don't have a topic someday, it's going to be 20 minutes of me doing that. <laughs> make me snort. <laughs> if um, you're curious about this Dan and Dawn people, mm-hmm. and who's making that cute little laugh, <laughs> and who's making his anti-materialistic tirades... <laughs> I'm going to put a a fresh picture of us up on the website. So you can go over to Erotic Awakening and go see. It's not even a dirty picture. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we could take one, though, quickly, if that would be better for you. Hey, I got a photo shoot coming up next week. You do have a photo shoot. And we'll put some pictures of that up as well. Ooh. My photo shoot person would love that. (laughs) I'm sure she would. So we got that coming up. Um, Other stuff, just real quick, we got coming up. I understand you're working on a Facebook fan page. I am. So I figured that's a a new way that people could get to know us. So Facebook fan page. It'll be coming soon. I've created it. All i got to do is finish putting together all the bits and pieces. All the bits and pieces. Yes. And um, also, the only other new thing we got coming up is we were sitting at dinner the other night, you, me, and our slave gem. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about a logo for the podcast. And how oh we, couldn't, we couldn't come up with something. And what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I don't that? know, but I, all I remember is doing hand motions. I want something like this. And, and I like this picture, and it goes like this, but it's too complicated. And? And Jim whips out her little notebook and pencil and boom, you mean like this? And she just creates this beautiful thing for us. So it was perfect. It was. So our slave gem is working on a new logo for us. Um, and we're looking forward to getting a chance to share that with everyone as well. Yes. So what else do we have coming up? I don't know. Uh, nothing really. I was just trying to segue this into the how to contact us bit. Oh, but no, I do have something coming up. Oh. I'm going to the Leather Leadership Conference this weekend. You are going to Leather Leadership Conference. Yeah. I'll buy your lonesome. I'll buy my lonesome. It'll be a first, but I am rooming with somebody, and I know a lot of people going. And from what I understand, this is an event like one I have not been to before because it is about community leadership. So it's not a play party. It's it's nothing BDSM skill-wise. Mm-hmm. It is community leadership and honing presenter skills. Very cool. Very cool. Looking forward to it. And if any of our listeners are going to uh, Leather Leadership Conference, don't forget the rule. If you're a podcast listener, Don has the bottom for you. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you are frightened by that idea. I forgot about that rule. Oh, if I think about it too much, it might be frightening. But right now it just feels good. (laughs) If you would like Don the bottom for you (laughs) or to get a hold of us for any other reason, for example, most of our question and answers today came off of our got comments mm-hmm. form on the website. Yep. You can find that at eroticawakening.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can send us an email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. You can use the uh, well-ignored voicemail, <laughs> 206-309-0054. Or you can find us on FetLife at Erotic Awakening. Or via Twitter, Dan and Dawn. So here we go with question and answer show number three. We should have cheering in the background. <laughs> I'll try and edit that in there. Okay. Um, I've got a new sound, too, for the one-minute timer. 
Nice. Is that a car horn? No, it's not a car horn this time. And it's it's a little less abrasive than some of our others. So you ready to start? Yes. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, Boom. Oh. (laughs) Here's a thought. Yeah. I'll end... Ask the question, question and then, then start the, the timer. <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting there. I got the timer going. I'm just going to sit there. Duh. Now what happens? Like we haven't done this before. This is why I, we don't charge for the podcast because I don't think we're very professional about this. Okay. So, uh, Dawn, yes. the first question is, um, if how do DS and MS couples nurture a sense of spontaneity in their play? If the scene is thoroughly negotiated prior to beginning it, mm-hmm. is there ample room for you to be creative or creative choreograph? Is there ample room for the creative choreograph choreography of the dominant? Go. Um, I would say yes. So, I mean, the question is: Is there ample room for the creative choreography of the dominant? So when I do negotiations, I want there to be some creativity. I want to set up some guidelines. I mean, so it depends what you mean by thoroughly negotiated. I can thoroughly negotiate something and say, here's my limits, here's what I like. Um, Maybe set up a time limit, maybe, you know. So we're talking about a scene, Mm -hmm. right? So you can do that, but then that kind of leaves everything else open for the dominant to play with. I think a good example of this is... Uh, a scene that I did not too long ago at a an event in Chicago, Sensations in Leather. Mm-hmm. We talked about negotiation, and, and we did a negotiation show not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the person is asking. You know, if you're going to do a lot of negotiation, how do you leave room for there to be something unexpected in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Some creativity. Right. Well, I did some uh, negotiation with the person. Boy, that went fast. Yep. I did negotiation with the person, and um, the idea was what we decided we were going to do, a spanking scene, and the negotiation is more, what are the outer limits? Right. You know, do you like hard spankings or soft spankings? Mm-hmm. Do you mind marks? Do you mind if I use toys, like a paddle? In this case, I asked, do you have any food allergies? Mm-hmm. And the person looked at me funny, but said, no, no food allergies. Um, and we talked a little bit more. How, you know, the, do, you, do you understand that I'm a sensual player, so it's going to be a sensual scene. Mm-hmm. And that there will or will not be penetration. And my dick will or will not come out of my pants. Right. So to find out what her comfort level was with each of those and what sensuality means to her. Right. Okay. So that's where the creativity comes from. And in this particular scene... As it happens, I snuck a banana into the toy bag, mm-hmm. and as she was laying there in the middle of the spanking, I took out a banana, unwrapped it, unbeknownst to her, mm-hmm. broke it into little pieces and spread it out on her back mm-hmm. and ate it off cool. of her back. Cool. So this allowed that creativity, mm-hmm. you know, um, allowed some spontaneity, but still within the scenes, they negotiated aspects of the scene. Nice. I went way past that yes, one minute you did, timer there. but that's okay. That was good. Um, your turn. My turn? Um, okay. How do politics play in a DS or MS relationship when the partners fall on opposite ends of the issues? Is the submissive slave expected to adopt the ideologies and beliefs of the dominant master? I'm going to say... The chances are, just like any other relationship, you would expect 
there to be some commonality in the people if it's, you know, politics is only going to come up if it's a real-time, long-term relationship, right? Mm -hmm. If it's just a little BDSM scene and nobody right, cares right. who's doing who. Um, and that's my view of politics, by the way, who's doing who. <laughs> I don't ask you to modify your politics for me. But if they're seen, if there's, I, I could certainly say this topic, I don't want to hear about this. I don't want pictures of this old white guy in my living room <laughs> um i can you know that's kind of a hard one i think this is a case by case sort of thing mm -hmm. what do you think oh well i kind of agree so um i you allow me to have my own voice um so i'm allowed to have my own opinion it's more about how i express it so I think that's where it comes into play. So, ah, see what I mean? I'm yeah. allowed. I'm allowed to have that opinion, but you know, I can't be abrasive about it. I can't. You know, it, it is. It's how you present it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm still in an MS relationship by choice. Any fanatical expression is mm -hmm. not going to be well viewed well. Right. And in religion of course you and i are different religions and that mm -hmm. doesn't cause a conflict in our ms i certainly don't expect you to practice my religion i don't need you to practice my religion i don't care right but i expect you to have certain expressions of yourself whether politically religiously mm -hmm. and those that reflect well on the house well that's a good answer glad, glad you had an answer i just waffled <laughs> i waffled which is a very political thing to do yeah. i think <laughs> next item where can I find more formal service training? Hmm. So that's a good one. Um, I've read that question and it's like, I don't know. And there may be some out there still. I know there used to be a bed and breakfast in Michigan that offered formal mm -hmm. training. And, but personally, I didn't really understand it because to me, maybe not formal training, but a lot of your training, I always thought should come from your master because masters may have different ways that they want you trained than what a facility would give you or mm -hmm. someone else. So, but as for formal training, I mean, everybody's just got different ways of doing it. So if it's like for tea service or butler service or something like that, you may just have to reach out in the community and see who's got experience with it. See, I'm going to say that's where your answer should lie is in the community. Okay. For example, Rick's Kitten, one of the members of our mm -hmm. house, just is starting to teach us formalized tea ceremonies. Yes. Later, she'll be teaching some formalized um, positions, mm -hmm. uh, proper slave positions, how to yes. kneel, that kind of stuff. We have a lot of other people in our local community that know a lot of st stuff. Mm -hmm. We have other people that teach tea ceremonies in a completely different manner than Rick's Kitten. We have other people that teach all kinds of stuff. I think that the either your, your options, are, of course, are to either go to formalized butler training, formalized maid training. Right. But I think that you'll find in your community, if you, if you have an MS community, you'll mm -hmm. find some of that training there. I believe you're right. Oh, well, that's one right <laughs> of all our questions. I have one right so far. Very good. Next one is, should a submissive be a submissive for some time before he or she moves into being a slave? Or, in this case, perhaps you should say graduates into being a slave. Ooh, good question. So, but it, I think it depends on what you mean by submissive or slave. So, um, I've expressed my thoughts before on this, on that. I think um, you can look at those as roles 
and expectations that you have of a person. You can have expectations that they are submissive and they, they're in that role or expectations that they are a slave and they're in that role. Or it comes from within the person. And most people I know start out as being a submissive as they, tr as they transfer from vanilla to MS. So they start out as a submissive. They have some questions. They have some doubts. Things don't come automatically and naturally until they've had some training and then a click takes place and then ah, things come naturally and they automatically think about how the master's thinking and you know and and knowing what he wants and or her you know and and so I think there should be some time but that's probably not a pat answer it's probably different for everybody for myself you know I think that you're, you're probably right. Most people are going to start as submissives or part-time DS, you know, mm -hmm. and then make that leap of faith into being a slave. And that's how I see it faith. as being a leap of faith. Yes. You know, one part that I'm going to add to what you said, though, is I wonder if it requires you to have a master that is ready to have a slave. Oh. And the what I'm thinking is a particular case where I know of a slave who ended up with a dom. Right. And the dom became a master as a result of being with a slave. And I know it's very tricky, all mm -hmm. these labels. But for someone to make, in my opinion, to make the transition from a submissive to a slave, it requires having a skilled master as part of that process. Maybe not as your master. Right. But certainly as an advisor or some kind of tutelage. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll, we'll get into that tutelage a little bit because in some of the other questions on like yeah. training colors and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So now that's one of those answers that we may get some replies on so we're okay with that yes. <laughs> again that phone number to 206-309-0054 feel free to call and say we're full of shit I'll play that I got mm -hmm. no problem with that yeah uh, I got a comment not too long ago stick that in your podcast and smoke it <laughs> yeah I didn't feel the need to rely that one I'm not sure what that means we better okay. just move on okay next question we seem to be going over our minute I know. On these, I should probably set this for more time, but we that's okay. to say. Okay, so next question. How often do you have sex? Ooh, Ooh what a question. Yeah. Or said another way, how often do you play, both with each other and your extended circle? And what they're trying to do is they're trying to gauge what the frequency or infrequency of sex is like in the non-vanilla world. Should I really Sir, start? do you have anything to say? I'm not really going to start a one-minute timer on this question, but I'll go ahead and start it. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, well, the interesting part is how often do you have sex followed by, or said another way, how often do you play? Those are two separate things. In our view, in our ideal, in our view, in right. our words, <laughs> uh, we consider play to be the more the BDSM stuff mm -hmm. and sex to be the more intercoursey stuff. That we combine the two sometimes. We absolutely do. <laughs> and um, with each other and your extended circle, well... I don't want to kiss and tell. No, I don't want to kiss and tell. We're not going to tell you how often we do our exterior partners or other people mm -hmm. that are in our life. That's just not appropriate unless they're sitting here with us. Right. Um, 
And and my partner will pinch me if I give too many secrets away. It's the only problem with a vanilla partner. Mm-hmm. I, she pinches me, and I say, "You can't do that." She says, "Well, hell yeah, I can." Like, Fuck. Um, we have sex. We play a lot less than we used to, right? Right. Okay, that's reasonable enough. Well, we've been together for eleven years. We've got a lot going on. And, and we don't. I don't want to just do the same old spanking thing, right? Mm-hmm. I've done. I've spanked you a few thousand times now. You know, we wanted something a little more. Yeah, I still like it though. But yes, we did do something different the other night. That was really cool. Oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> so I think to get to the meat of this, how often? Maybe not as often when we were first getting started, but still fairly often. Mm-hmm. How often do we play with our partners? None of your damn business. <laughs> how often do we play with strangers? Go comes and goes, comes right? Comes and goes, yeah. Uh, much less often than you would think, mm-hmm. I think would be the appropriate answer. Compared to vanilla sex people, or just vanilla people, or non-kinky people, I don't think there's a straight comparison. I don't think so. I think it's case by case. Um, I can say that it's much more fulfilling. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it, it can be quality over... <laughs> you know what the reality is? I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. I don't know how often non-kinky, monogamous, vanilla people do it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I mean, you see, you can't watch TV, you know, the difference between what so, Al Bundy tells you. So you're not doing any locker room talk at the gym at work? <laughs> not as much as you would expect. It always gets ugly real quick because somebody will say, hey, I heard about this swing club. And I'll say, yeah, it's Club Princeton. It's on this street. And it's only $40 if you go in by yourself as a single male. But then you... Or so I've heard. <laughs> we ought to move on to the next question then. All um, right. What's the next question? Well, actually, this question is geared toward you. Uh-oh. It says, Dawn, what is your relationship with Jem? Do you play together, or are you more like sisters? Is that And is that standard for slaves of a common master? Ooh. I don't think there is a standard for when a master has more than one slave. So um, I know with Jem, it's, it's a little different because it's a training position that mm-hmm. I'm involved in. So I'm actually more of her mentor. Um, so kind of like a sister. I will help Dan play with her sometimes, but we don't play on our own. Um, yeah, more of a trainer though, more of a guide. Yeah. So for those out there that were hoping for some masturbation fodder, <laughs> there is some. There, Yeah, but that's a kiss and tell thing again. And yeah, but You're I, always there. <laughs> I, I own everybody in this conversation, so I can just yes. tell all I want. Very true. So we do play the three of us together sometimes. I normally lead it, but Dawn assists me. Um, sometimes I want Dawn to do certain things. I want her to get mm-hmm. a little bit of a topping experience. But, of course, topping's not really your main thing. No. Um, now, it's probably inappropriate to describe... Oh, darn. There's that time. <laughs> And Lord knows we don't go past that one minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, standard for slaves of a common master? It's hard to say. You yeah. know, again, I'm not in this for the sex aspect of owning slaves. I like having sex, but that's not my drive. You know, um, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's it's good for us all to bond by playing together on occasion. Mm-hmm. I think so too, and and it, it seems to to work, and oh, that's what matters. But as for a common thing, I mean, one of the things that we can't stress enough 
that there is not a common thing. You know, everybody's relationships are different. On the other hand, yes, there are certainly plenty of air quote masters, air quote, that want two or three female bi subs running around under their collars so that they can watch them and direct them playing together. And that mm -hmm. is the extent of their dot desire. Right. Hot. Nothing wrong with it. Just be clear that that's what you're, mm -hmm. what you're doing. And you could probably do me a favor and not use the word master in yeah. that situation. <laughs> I mean, if you want to run sex scenes, great. If you want to call yourself a top, call yourself a top. If you want to call yourself a dominant, I'm not going to complain too much. If you want to, if what you're doing is running naughty sex scenes, no real reason to call yourself a master. Mm -mm. But personal There's opinion. A lot, more, more, a lot more involved. Next question. Next question. All right. When a sub is placed under consideration, what does that mean? I see this question asked all the time. Mm -hmm. And the answers are, there's always dozens of answers because there is no single correct single answer, right? Mm -hmm. What it should mean most commonly is that it is a temporary thing because I'm not willing to make a commitment to take you on as my submissive yet. Mm -hmm. So I am making this temporary arrangement where I will put you through some paces. And if I am happy with the results, then I will offer my collar. I've so often seen this, uh, I don't want to say abused, but I've seen it as a way to keep a potential submissive off the market, so to speak. I've seen it so that a master or a mistress can play with a submissive without having the real responsibility behind it. Mm -hmm. um, that I, I guess I'm developing a little bit of an attitude towards this. I don't do consideration collars, but I understand the logic of it. And there are ethical people that use it in an ethical way. Understood. Understood. Now, for me, it kind of feels like um, test driving a car. Ooh. You don't have to insure it. You don't have to put <laughs> gas in it. You don't have to maintain it. You just get to go out and drive it until you're done driving it. And then you can say yes or no. Hmm. But no one else can drive it while you're out test driving it. And it just feels like the submissive, the car, doesn't have a say-so in the matter. Yeah. So, you know, to me, if someone was going to think about collaring me, I don't know that I want to be placed in a collar of any sort. I want to talk. And I want to do things without being locked down, without someone else having any responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels kind of one-sided. Yeah, but I'm going to say that I can certainly see uses of a collar of consideration. For example, if I thought, was seriously thinking about taking a new slave, but I wanted somebody who I could take to events mm -hmm. and who would not get in my way and who knew what to do and da 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 mm -hmm. Right, I could see a con collar of consideration to say, look, I, I don't know if I'm really, if you're the right slave for me, but we'll pretend for a week that you are the right slave for me. And I'm going to ask you to act like a slave, but we're going to do it for one week. Oh, now see, that wouldn't be too bad. It's, it's when it gets drug out for a while. Because I yeah. sure don't want to collar somebody. Right. You know, with the intent of a six-month or one-year contract, and then two months in, realize, ugh. <laughs> this person thought it was all about cleaning right and i want to have less cleaning or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay if you're a slave out there that's all about cleaning if lysol 
makes you hard, <laughs> you fucking write us right now because you will move into my prop room. Prop room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, other things turn you on too. Although the romp room could probably use the occasional lysoling. Probably so. <laughs> uh, we better just move on. Yes, uh, yes, please. <laughs> we're almost done. We are. Last question. Okay. Does it really require a lot of hard work to keep a good relationship together? Yes. <laughs> Simple answer. Doesn't matter if it's vanilla or MS. You know, a friend of mine, uh, one of the people local in the community said, you know what, I don't want a relationship to be work. It shouldn't be work. It should be fun. It should be exciting. It should be something that we share and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Well, man, I guess that makes a lot of sense. But you and I are very much growth-orientated people. And we're doing things that are outside of the boundaries of normal sort of things. Last yes. night was a wonderful example. I came home and caught you and Marty sitting on the couch, <laughs> holding each other in naughty ways, watching a movie. Right. And of course, I was very upset because I <laughs> wanted to watch that movie too. And it was a half hour into it already. Right? Right. Actually, I wasn't upset. Although I do <laughs> want to watch that movie. Okay. It looked kind I'll of weird. i watch it with you. It was. Um, but the reality is I've been trained as a man to not want my wife or anyone that I'm interested in to be with other people and gain, gain enjoyment or have fun with other people, right? Mm -hmm. So it does take a lot of work because you have to constantly reprogram yourself. You have to constantly, you know, well, maybe not so much anymore. And I have to admit, not so much anymore. Right. You know, but tonight I had dinner at Karen's house, mm -hmm. you know, and you're, you know, it's like, oh, gee, I, I like having dinner with you too, mm -hmm. you know, so not... Allowing yourself to feed into negative emotions or training from our previous upbringing that says this is the only way that it was supposed to be. Man, woman, monogamous, end of story. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, well, not only that, but we've got Jem over tonight. You know, we've been doing a lot of first. I went out and did field research last weekend, you know, and and uh, next weekend I'm going to a conference by myself for the first time. So, you know, even though all that stuff is fun, there's still a little bit of work around it as we grow and, and try new things. So when things are good for the, us because of all the work that we do, mm -hmm. they're really fucking good. Mm -hmm. I agree. And we have a, a strong enough foundation that, again, because of all the work that we do, we've built a strong enough foundation that we can try some really incredible things. Mm -hmm. We can go out there and do some really nutty things. And sometimes it's absolutely fabulous and sometimes not so much. Some, but we've tried them. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, that was the fucking hottest thing I've ever done. And, <laughs> and sometimes it's like, oh, me. <laughs> do you still love me? I still love you. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next week. Labels in the community. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. You stepped up my line. <laughs> Sorry. Erotic Awakening, free by White Knight, 
Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.